Go thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. This is Twilo Paris's classic song, He is Exalted. The King is exalted on high. I will pray. Hey, people. Hi, hi, hi. Welcome to the show, people. 
Yeah, it, it is. It is January 5th. Yeah, Sunday. It is. Sunday night. Yeah, it is. Bareface and me just got home from church. That's why I'm in my t-shirt, my Awana shirt. Help out the kids. There. That looks like Greek, Kent, that you're putting in the chat. I don't know if it's Greek or some other language. Sorry. Greek to you, I huh? I don't read whatever language that is. But anyway, hey, welcome everybody. I hope you uh, had a good day. Hope that you're having a good day and a good night. I hope if you're listening to the podcast in the morning, hopefully you're having a good morning. Hopefully you're having a good life, people. All right, so what we're going to do tonight is we're going to talk about one news story and then Bareface and I are going to start a new study, but Bareface is going to lead it. In the book of First John, mm-hmm, a little book, five chapters in the New Testament. So if you have your Bible, we have designated Sunday night to Bible study night. Mm-hmm. So get your Bible out right now while you're thinking about it. Go get it. Open up to First John, and Bareface is going to start leading us in a study. But the first thing I want to do is I want to share with you a story that I found yesterday after our show yesterday. And I want to read it to you because this is an interesting story. And if we had led this, if we had actually led the title of this show with this, there'd be way more people in here right now. <laughs> but this is interesting. Um, and I think I'm going to be interviewed tomorrow on a friend of mine's TV show. I think this is the story I'm going to talk about. So I'm going to practice talking about it tonight. So that when I'm on that guy's show, then more people will know about this story. So this actually comes from The Telegraph, uh, which is out of the United Kingdom, as you probably know from the name, The Telegraph. Um, and I'm trying to see the date. I'm not sure what the date is on this. Oh, December 22nd. So this was a couple of weeks old. Um, but it was still very interesting and very pertinent. Did I send you the link to it? Uh, I don't believe so. Oh, here. Let me just send you the link. Then you can put it up. All right. So let's see here. I'm going to send this to you really fast. There we go. <clears throat> All right. So the title of this is called Transgender Woman Accused of Hate Speech After Wearing a T-Shirt Stating She Is Still Biologically Male. Wasn't that a great title? I wonder how long it took to write that. Like, who, who's what? on first? Huh? All right, so transgender woman accused of hate speech. Okay, first, let's dissect the title. So transgender woman, Reed, is actually a male. Uh, who is accused of hate speech by who? Well, doesn't tell you in the title, but... It's the LGBT community that's accusing him of hate speech, just so you know. Why is he accused of hate speech? Because as he is dressed like a woman, he is wearing a t-shirt stating that he is still biologically a man. Uh-huh. Yeah. You figure that one out. So this guy literally is a guy. <laughs> And he is wearing a shirt that's declaring he's a guy, but he's dressing as a woman, people. Mm -hmm. And he's identifying as a transgender woman, 
which means he's transitioning his gender from man to woman, even though he is admitting he is actually a man. By the way, hello. Hi, Mia. Hi, conservative atheist. I commit hate speech all the time. I refuse to pretend that men are women. Well, this is the interesting thing, and I hear what you're saying, conservative atheist. Um, I agree with you. <laughs> and this guy actually agrees with you, too. But what's really funny to me is that he knows he's not a woman, but he's pretending to be a woman, but he's a, he is admitting he's a man pretending to be a woman. So anyway, but so here's the article, okay? Um, all right, it says here, a transgender woman facing disciplinary action over a t-shirt stating that she is still biologically a man has been accused of hate speech. Debbie Hayton, a physics teacher in the Midlands, lives as a transgender woman typo there yeah, i was gonna say unless after, there's a new thing who that knows you can... after changing her gender from male to female in 2012 but unlike many people in the trans community she does not believe her sex can be changed and is vocal about that fact that she will always biologically remain a man she is now potentially facing expulsion from the lgbt committee of the trades union congress from wearing a top adorned with the slogan Trans women are men. Get over it. <laughs> if the TUC rules against Ms. Hayton, who has sat on the committee for five years, it would mean that even transgender people face being accused of transphobia for saying that they do not believe an individual can alter the sex they were assigned at birth. Miss Hayton, 51, who has undergone surgery and hormone treatment, wore the t-shirt at an event organized by campaign group Fair Play for Women in July, and it attracted, it attracted a complaint <laughs> in August. According to the Sunday Times, 12 members of the LGBT committee wrote to Frances O'Grady, General Secretary of the TUC, a federation of unions representing 5.5 million working Britons, saying that by wearing the t-shirt, Ms. Hayton had, quote, gone beyond discourse and the expression of alternative viewpoints and is now propagating hate speech against the <laughs> trans community, unquote. The, the case against Ms. Hayton comes after fellow transgender women, Christina Jane Harrison, told an employment tribunal in November that attempts to legally coerced society into treating males as females in all circumstances is inevitably doomed to fail. Ms. Harrison, a 54-year-old transgender woman who was born a man, gave evidence in support of Maya Forstadter, a tax researcher who was dismissed from her job at a U.S. think tank for tweeting that trans men cannot be women. Ms. Forstadter took her former employer to a tribunal to argue that her view known as gender critical should be protected belief, protected belief, people, under the Equality belief. Act. But the judge this week ruled against her, concluding that her views are not worthy of respect in a democratic society. 
Prior to last week's decision on Ms. Forstater's case, Ms. Harrison told the tribunal, the process of having surgery or hormone treatment cannot ultimately transform your sex. Every cell in my body has male chromosomes. I have a prostate. These things cannot be completely deconstructed. It's not possible to be biologically female, but that does not mean I can't live a fulfilling life being treated as a woman. Nicola Williams, founder of the Fair Play for Women, said accusations of transphobia are thrown at women so often for so little that the word has lost all meaning. When even trans people can get called transphobes, <laughs> I hope people now understand how ludicrous and far-fetched these attacks have always been. The trans movement has been hijacked by gender extremists. I would say anarchists, but... Miss Hayton was unavailable for comment. And a TUC spokesman said the TUC is working with union representatives from across our elected LGBT committee to hear everyone's perspectives and find a way forward. You have any thoughts? <laughs> I know you have some thoughts. You're holding back God. as you were, as I was reading this, trying not to laugh through the whole thing. Uh, I mean, where do we begin? In the beginning, God created male the, the and female. Pe yeah. Don't go clouding the issue with facts. Um, okay. You know, <sighs> I get it. So there's this Christina Jane Harrison, which is also a man. Mm-hmm. Who wants can lead a fulfilling life, treat treat as a woman? Right. Who came and said, "Well, the process of having surgery or hormone treatment can't can't ultimately transform your sex. You know, these things can't be." As he noted, "Every cell in my body has male chromosomes. You know, these things cannot be completely deconstructed. I mean, it is what it is." And he recognized that. Okay, so they're coming off the heels of that. This man calling himself coming off I, the high heels of yeah, that, yeah coming, no? <laughs> coming off the high heels of this man who's Just living kidding. is christina jane harrison and All it's right. like that was so then this this other one that goes by debbie hayton this other man living as debbie hayton he wears a t-shirt this is trans women are men get over it okay and i think heterosexual people should wear t-shirts that say something like I'm a woman. Get over it. <laughs> You're a man. I'm a man. Get over it. I mean. <laughs> anyway, so, so they're coming at the high heels of the man going by, by Christina saying, hey, at the end of the day, every, every cell in my body has male chromosome. You can't deconstruct that. But that doesn't stop me from living a fulfilling life being treated as a woman. Okay, so that had them gun-shy. I mean, that's, well, how you dare cloud the issue with facts, you know. So then, so this other guy comes along who goes by Debbie Hayton and says, hey, trans women are men, get over it. But now, rather than being, uh, you know, they, they're saying that it's one thing to have different points of view, you know, in the discussion. But saying that trans men are women, that is hate speech. Well, it'd be like saying trans women are men. That's exactly what he right. said. It was yeah. on, on the on the top. I don't know. It was a blouse with rhinestones or what? But uh, you know, trans women are men. Get over it. Now that's hate speech. When it was when it was the other 
guy, trans, trans woman, who's actually a guy, who admitted basically, at the cellular level, I'm still a man, but I can live, you know, a fulfilling life being treated as a woman. Uh, then that, you know, that was... Oops. I just dropped my phone. <laughs> yeah, that was... Um, yeah. You know, that was... That was one thing. I'm trying to... I'm look, um, yeah, I'm trying to see what they said. I... Um, you know, it said trans men cannot be women anyway. Uh, anyway, I'm not going to dig in the Arctic thing again. Can I but, read conservative atheist comments uh, here? Sure, but it was, <laughs> it's just crazy that we're the, you know, it used to be, that used to be, you know, that, uh, hey, if you don't support this movement, then, you know, it's tantamount, you're causing teens to commit suicide. You know, it's tantamount to murder. But now we've got a trans yes. person, a trans person who <laughs> identifies as the opposite gender, saying, you know, trans women or men, get over it. It's like, now that's hate speech. Well, you know, a, 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 a transgender accused of transphobia. I you know, I like the this line in the article. It says, Ms. Forstater took her former employer to a tribunal to argue that her view, known as gender critical, should be a protected belief. Yeah, the protected under the belief. Under the Equality Act. Now, that's interesting to not, me. Not, not an objective fact, <laughs> but gender critical is a belief. Yeah, so if they can start censoring what you believe... Which is exactly mm -hmm. what they're trying to do. Which, which has nothing to do with belief. It's if if no one at all believed it at the end of the day, every cell in his body would still have a male chromosome. Yeah. Still have a prostate. No matter if anybody believed it or not, it would still be true. It's not a belief. It's it's is an objective fact. Okay, let me read conservative atheist comments. By the way, Barb, hi. How you doing? By the way, I got your email. I have not responded to it yet. I I got it, though, and I read it, and I will respond, just so you know. Okay. Um, I know you sent it a couple days ago. Uh, all right. Okay, so conservative atheist who wants to be called Flipper. I'm just kidding. Uh, well, kind of. <laughs> he says, oh, cry me a river. Uh, reality is reality. Liberals are so ri ridiculous. He won't. He won't living a fulfilling like being treated as a woman if he ever encounters me. Okay. And then he says typos, clearly. You are what you're born, period. No magical change is possible. I'm a trans species. I self-identify as a dolphin. Squeak, squeak. Just call me Flipper. There you go. So Flipper is weighed in tonight. And <laughs> Waded into the pool. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, you, you know what's interesting is what what I find fascinating about this, this is why I brought it up is because is there a way you can show the picture? Um, probably of Debbie Hayton. Yeah, <laughs> pictured at the event where she wore a T-shirt which read "Trans women are men get over it." Um, credit Debbie Hayton on Twitter. Okay, yeah, look at this picture now. <clears throat> okay. So that's the I'm same. guessing on the left. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, that one was hard. 
Well, it even says it's the left. I mean, it's, I know. it's pretty obvious, The person right? on the right is obviously a, a biological woman. Right, right. Well, he's cute. He's a long-haired guy, you know. Well, but but anyway, anyway um, he's, he looks sweet. I mean. I'm, I'm sure he is, but. Okay, so, but anyway, so, you know, it's interesting. The guy has intellectual honesty by clearly stating that he knows he, he's still a man, but he prefers being called a woman and living as a woman. Okay? Right? I mean, that's his prerogative. It's sad that he mutilated his body to whatever degree he did. But it, but it is interesting. Here's something that a lot of people don't talk about. And I don't know, and I'm not going to talk the whole show about this because we do want to get into First John, but, you know, it's interesting as a marriage counselor, as a therapist, um, uh, you know, mind what you believe is impacts who you are. But biologically, men can do one. Well, they can do a lot of things women can't do. But biologically, brain wise, men have, you know, I mean, the, the, the simple way of putting it is men, men can think about nothing and women can't. I've never met a woman who can just think about nothing. There's nothing there. There's like nothing going on. We have these brains and they're like constantly at war with one each side. Ah! You know, there's always something. I remember when Randall and I were first married and he, I would say, what do you think about? He'd be like, nothing. And I'm like, you're full of crap. You're totally thinking about something. <laughs> it's like, ah, ah. I'm like, how can you be thinking about nothing? And he would say, I'm not thinking about anything. I mean, like, how is that possible? Well, he's a man. Men can do that. Women can't. So, um, I mean, that's just biology, the way the man's brain is developed over the woman's brain. Um, you know, so it's interest. It's just interesting. Just even, you know, but then my other thing is, why is this guy, what is it about this guy that wants to be a woman so bad? You know what? I mean, he's obviously intellectually honest enough to know he's not a woman, but but what is it about our society and our culture that allows him to walk around as a woman, even though he's not, you know, it's like, pretend it's like, you know, today I'm going to be this, you know, I mean, this is, this is in the olden days, this would have been considered a mental illness, right? Somebody would say, well, you might need to go to a counselor to get some help with that. But today it's kind of like, okay, well, you're protected and don't you dare go against the LBG, LGBT lobby because if you do, we're going to hate you. We're going to put, we're going to do everything we can to even silence you about this. So um, I think it's sad. Silence you, the transgender, for right. not being trans enough, for not totally buying into the fantasy that you're a completely holy woman, even though you... <laughs> Well, You've had hormone therapy and surgery. You're out there identifying as a woman, but to say you're men, it's like, okay, that's that's not acceptable. You know, we interviewed Walt Heyer. If you're new to the show, we we've talked about these issues a lot. There's a guy named Walt Heyer. He has a website called uh, SexChangeRegret.com, and we've interviewed him numerous times about his story. He actually is a man who transitioned to lived as a woman for a long time actually and eventually became a follower of Christ and 
and the people in the church loved on him and he eventually got born again, dealt with his comorbid disorders of depression and anxiety and post-traumatic stress disorder and eventually transitioned back to a man um, and now he's married and he is out there trying to expose the high rates, the higher rates of suicide and uh, depression, anxiety and all that uh, in, in the transgender community. And a lot of people don't know about it because, of course, the liberal media won't let people know about it. Uh, so if you want to go check his site out, it's called sexchangeregret.com. Check it out. You know, and you can see how he was transformed back in his mind. And eventually that came out. And he was sexually abused as a child. Okay. He was abused. He was forced to wear um, girls clothes and he had to really deal with those issues. So I, I'm wondering what the developmental issue is with this guy that we're talking about tonight. Um, you know, so there you go. All right. So before we get to the Bible study, we should thank our sponsor, Ariel Ministries, which is a wonderful sponsor. Ariel is a Messianic Jewish ministry where you can understand and learn the Bible from a Messianic Jewish perspective. And under, in, in other words, you can learn it in the context it was really written. The Old Testament's written in Hebrew. The New Testament's written in Greek and Aramaic. And um, you can understand the Bible better in the context in which it's written with the teachings that are over there on ariel.org. You can save 20% when you use our coupon code Bible News. Um, and I encourage you to do so. Go over there, search some stuff out. You can get some MP3s, DVDs. You can get, there's a lot of free resources over there. Uh, you can um, you can listen to and and watch um, and there's a number of books we've mentioned numerous times that you can check out Israelology the missing link in systematic theology um, there is the, the um, uh, life of the Messiah books highlights of the life of Christ from a Jewish perspective um, and so much more even book studies you can you can do that and um, and all that. <clears throat> and this is one ministry that, uh, I mean, literally changed Randall and my, our life. I mean, when we began to understand the Bible in the context in which it was written, you know, it really just helped us to understand the Bible as a whole even more. It makes more sense um, and all that. So we want to thank our sponsor for that. Uh, if you want to be on my text message list, uh, get daily text messages from me. I send out a Bible quiz question, a scripture, which I actually didn't send out yet, uh, alert you when our show is on. Sometimes we do a contest, like I have one going on right now. Um, you can text Bible News, the term Bible News, to 33222. Just keep watching down there. It's going through there right now. Text Bible News, 33222 for updates. If you don't know how to do that, just send me your phone number. I'll add you to the list, and then you'll start getting the text messages from me. Um, if you want to donate to our show, become a regular pillar of our community, uh, you can do that at our website, biblenewsradio.com forward slash give. <laughs> That's easy. Donate through PayPal or with your credit card. Uh, or if you want to send a check, there's also an address there. You can do that as well. Um, and if you need legal shield protection, if you need legal protection, um, if you need to get your will done, which only about 40% of people have their will done. So if you're in the 60% that doesn't have your will done, then my service, Legal Shield, will help you get that done. 
uh, I would just recommend just contact me through our website, BibleNewsRadio.com, and you can I can send you more information on that. And also identity theft protection. Um, we can do that as well. So those are a kind of highlight sponsors. Uh, and uh, am I forgetting anything? I don't think I'm forgetting anything, am I? Regular people, am I forgetting anything? Nope, but I can... All right, so Barb, TR Fun Guy is here. Um, conservative Atheist, what's your actual name? I, know, I mean, I know you like to be called Conservative Atheist, but, you know, give me a name so I can call you your name. Uh, Regina, hello. Hannah, hello. Mem Memet, I don't know, did I say that right? Memet. Patrick, Patrick is your name? Hi, Patrick. You know what? Well, my best friend's son's name is Patrick. It's cool. You don't meet that many Patricks. I have not met that many. I think I literally know one Patrick, and that's him. <laughs> Go figure. All right. Um, it's a good Irish name. It's a good Irish name. Yeah, it is. Which email? Um, if you, uh, yeah, just send me. Barb, if you if you want, I can just add you. I have your phone number already. So just let me know if you want me to do that. And Forrest is there. Hi, Forrest. How are you doing? You doing good? All right. So over here on Facebook. I, I don't know if anybody's. Is there anybody on Facebook? Um, let's see. Not see oh. anybody that's identified themselves. Your on... parents are from Ireland. Cool. I've always wanted to go to. Copenhagen, which has nothing to do with Ireland. No, it has a lot to do with Denmark. <laughs> it has a lot to do with Denmark, but only because of Hans Christian Andersen. This is like um, total squirrel. It has nothing to do with anything. My bad. Sorry. It's still on um, the, well, I was going to say still on the European continent, but Ireland is not. You know, it's, it's the Isle. Ireland's hmm. lovely Isle. But. So I have to share one, um, one thing that happened today before Randall gets into this. Um, so this, this afternoon, Randall and I went to see my dad, who's in assisted living, and he's 91, and he's getting weaker. You know, it's it's hard to see my dad get weaker. He's he's not being able to stand up as long, and you know, and all that. But um, but we took our dogs with us, and Grover, my little Bubba, is blind. I mean, he's really lost his sight. Like it's kind kind of rap kind of rapidly gone down in the last probably year. Um, and I didn't realize how bad it was until we, we were in Utah last year and our pet sitter was like, your dog's running into everything. <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah, he's, I guess he's blind because around our house, he's okay. Well, anyway, today we were walking and, and, um, you know how along sidewalks they have these little poles? The, the outdoor lighting there. Oh, is that the, what it was? Outdoor yeah. lighting? Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, hi, hey, and Sean's uh, there they're, too. They're light short light post to illuminate the sidewalk is what it is. okay so randall and i are walking and grover's walking to the right well he's he's walking in front of me and, and he was doing so good i said i said out loud you would never know he's blind and the literally the second after i said that boom he smacks into the pole <laughs> he's you never know he's blind boom <laughs> oh it was funny I don't know. I guess you had to be there. Me and Randall were laughing pretty hard. <laughs> it was whatever. 
Anyway, I thought it was funny. Maybe, I guess you just had to be there. Okay, whatever. Anyway, so tonight what we're doing is we are, um, we are, we decided that, uh, we're gonna, oh, yeah, aw, that's a sweet picture. Okay, go ahead, show it. There's my Bubba, who no longer can see, which really sucks. Uh, isn't he cute? Yeah, that's my baby. His name's Grover, but I call him Bubba, and I call him Mr. I probably call him Mr. more than anything. That's him with his last birthday present. Mm-hmm. He picked that out, actually, at PetSmart, where the pets go. <laughs> but anyway, we were talking about doing uh, another Bible study, and I know Randall's been kind of jumping all over the place and everything, but we thought, based on our previous history and when we were doing our show before, that it would be more fun to go through a book of the Bible. So, Randall picked the book First John. So, if you guys have your Bibles out, uh, even you, conservative atheists, I'm sure you have a Bible, um, then you can go ahead and open it up to First John, which is in the back of the Bible. It's in front of Second John, after Jude, I believe, and um, before the book of Revelation. Uh, so, Bareface, you want to take it away? Uh, sure. You know, okay. I've, I was telling Stacy earlier this evening, it's kind of become my mission lately to... Hey, my animal isn't dumb, just so you know. He's blind to your fungi. Difference between... <laughs> one has to do with vision, one has to do with speech, but yeah. I guess he is dumb. He doesn't speak English, but he... Or any other. He speaks... I actually speaks have dog, a, I guess. I have a Quran, too. All right, so go get your Bible and open it up. Okay, so conservative atheist that he has a bible and a filthy quran just so you know okay yeah. no it's good to have a you know an extensive library i actually have a quran that was sent to me from care the council on american islamic relations which is actually a terrorist front group and i have another quran that was sent to me from a former um muslim what well, he was raised in a muslim home he's a christian he actually deconstructed the quran um, as a believer, to expose what CARES Quran doesn't have, but what includes in the real Quran. I actually have the book here. I've interviewed him on our show. It's very interesting, actually. There are different versions of the Quran, in other words. Yeah, there's the Paulist <clears throat> version for the West, and then there's the actual yeah. one that you'd find in Saudi Arabia or elsewhere. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I think there's been others that have been, you know, polish for different groups kind of thing all right so i was telling stace uh earlier that it's been kind of my mission lately is to emphasize that yeshua jesus is the jewish messiah not that i'm on a campaign to evangelize jews i just evangelize anybody um but i guess because i've encountered so many christians that don't know much about the Old Testament. And if you don't know much about the Old Testament, then you're missing really understanding who Yeshua, who Jesus is. And, you know, he didn't come in a vacuum as, as the latest and greatest guru, you know, to show, you know, to bring about a new message of joy, bliss, peace, enlightenment, or, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, he didn't come in a vacuum. Uh, not just interjected in history. We came with with centuries of prophecy 
and a particular culture that was prepared uh, for Messiah. As Paul wrote, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, born of a woman. And um, there's a particular English translation that I often use, the KJ3. And um, that translator, no longer with us, who's with the Lord, uh, he did a calculation. I can't remember the exact percentage. It was 72, 74%, 70-something percent of the words of Jesus that are recorded in the New Testament are either direct quotations of the Old Testament or allusions to uh, passages in the Old Testament. And I was speaking to a non-believing Jew, I mean, not not in Messiah, non-Messianic Jew, um, last week. And I was expressing this oh, to yeah. him. Yeah. That... <clears throat> That, you know, I told him I believe that Yeshua is Messiah, and one of my frustrations is uh, that without that understanding of of the Tanakh, the Old Testament, that you're missing a majority of of what what the New Testament is, is all about. And even the name New Testament goes back to Jeremiah chapter 31. And the, the New Testament, the New Covenant that God promises to the house of Israel and the house of and Judah. The New Testament, the New There's an echo in here. I've turned on Twitch. How's that? Better? Better. <clears throat> okay. And so, uh, and we'll see that as we get into First John, even in the first verse, you know, chapter 1, verse 1. That there's all this allusion to uh, the Old Testament, uh, which Jews will call the Tanakh, and those who are familiar with that, that's that's that Hebrew word is really an acronym. It comes up, it comes from letters um, uh, Tet, Nun, and Kof, um, uh, is, which stand for uh, Torah, the the law, you know, the books of Moses, uh, uh, Nevi'im, the prophets, and uh, Kithuvim, the writings, uh, which would be the books that aren't the Torah and aren't the and aren't the um, and aren't the prophets. And the way the Hebrew Bible is arranged, you have that you have the Torah, which is the same in Protestant Bibles, well, the first five books, and then we have the prophets, and then all the writings, the Psalm, Proverbs, the you know, the book. The Hebrew order ends with the book, the Chronicles. So, anyway, so, um, understanding of the Tanakh, the Old Testament, is really important. I would say essential to really understanding the New Testament and what we call Christianity, which is really just Messianic Judaism is really, um, at the end of the day. Anyway, so... Uh, it's so often, especially in the Western world, separated uh, from the, the Jewish Hebrew underpinnings. And I'm not all this, you know, Hebrew roots movement that I should go wear a, a you know, a yarmulke and and uh, I need to observe all the the feasts and dietary laws and stuff like that. And I mean, nothing wrong with doing that. Uh, you know, power to you if you're disciplined to do that. But it's not a requirement of, of uh, it's not a salvation issue. It's not uh, necessary to be right with God through Messiah. Anyway, so we're going to look at First uh, John. So uh, um, 
<clears throat> TR Fun Guy says, I really enjoy the, the TS-2009 version for cross-reference. Are you familiar with it? Yes, no, I, uh, the name doesn't sound familiar to me, no. Hmm. But, um... Nope. Not me either. Yeah, I think TS, I think TSK, like this, the Treasury Scripture Knowledge or something like that is kind of a... Um, oh, is that what... I, I don't know. Okay. Um, that's what the comes to my mind, but 2009, whatever, I'm not familiar, so it could be something completely different. All right, so before we get into the Word, I'm... I'm going to do so prayerfully. Uh, the Bible is the only book that comes with his author, and so why not approach the author for understanding? Um, I believe in approaching scripture, reading, study, anything, always prayerfully, and uh, to invite the Lord into that. And so let's do that. Father God, thank you for your goodness, your grace, your mercy. Every good and perfect gift comes from you. And included in those wonderful gifts that we have are the Holy Scriptures, the Holy Bible, um, preserved throughout the ages and even available in so many languages, even our own. And um, Lord, we understand that some things may be lost in translation, but by your Holy Spirit we can understand uh, what you have intended and what you have prepared for us. Give us ears to hear spiritualized to see spirits that are receptive to your spirit that we might receive all the things you have for us uh, for we ask these things commit this time to you in the name of yeshua the messiah all right so i'm using uh and i've got the cursor the pointer turned on it's well, may work out well um I'm um, using the King James Version again. Um, you regulars know that I'm not a King James-only advocate. Um, it's just that the King James Version, uh, with its um, the old language, preserves uh, uh, singular and plural second person. Uh, that is singular, uh, thou, the, plural, ye, you. And it makes a difference often and knowing whether the scriptures are uh, addressed to addressed to an individual or addressed to a group and and it's a pretty good translation granted English has changed I was going to say in the past 400 years which is you know what 16 um, 1603 I don't remember <laughs> so it shows where I'm at I can't remember 1611. See, stay safe the day. 1611 was the. Um, yeah, I did. I'm 1611. Because so awesome. I knew the 400th anniversary was somewhat recent. I didn't know <clears throat> what to blow on. I just. Yeah. <laughs> but but it, there have been revisions to the King James Version as recently as 1783, I want to say, but I mm. couldn't even get 1611 out of my head, so don't. It's okay. It's because you're 55. Yeah, I remember that. Remember that year. I know, and I was like, "You're 55? How'd that happen?" <laughs> All right. Okay. Anyway. So, back to the scripture. We read, 
that which was from the beginning. And I hope you recognize that kind of language here, the beginning. You might recognize it from John's Gospel. You know, in the beginning was the Word. Well, that same phraseology, that sort of understanding, that kind of um, wording comes right from the first book of the Bible, Bereshit or Genesis. Um, Say so Bereshit, that's the Hebrew name because it's the first word in the book, Bereshit bara Elohim. Um, what Hashem mean, Baharats, God. So, Tim wants to know what about the New King James Version? Uh, the New King James Version. Uh, the New King James Version, I like that. Uh, it's um, it's done in the same uh, vein in that it's it's uh, more of a word-for-word word translation. And it's also used as the Greek set of texts. Use the majority text or textus receptus. Um, so it's very much, and only it's done in modern English. So I like the New King James Version. The only problem is using modern language when we see you in modern English, we don't know if that's an individual or multiple people. Because hmm. it could, you know, you, we've gotten lazy with English. English used to be more precise, actually. But it's gotten less precise over time. Huh. And so that's why I like the King James, because it really makes a difference sometimes, whether it's something is addressed to an individual or, or a group. That's why you should read the New American Standard Version. No, it doesn't. it doesn't. The New American Standard doesn't. It preserves the old language in the Old Testament when when it's referring to God. It always says thou. New American Standard rocks. Yeah, it does. I've got some issues with it, but Whatever. that's... But you bought me a Bible 20-something years ago. Because you were familiar, that was your favorite version. It's, it's, a, good, it's a good translation. It's a good translation. Okay. But, Diane, hi. Uh, Welcome to the show. Glad I you're here. I just have a couple of non-preferences with it. But anyway. He's such a Nazi. Yeah. Anyway, let's get back to this. So, no, that, would, that which was from the beginning. Yeah. Okay, that... The beginning that John is writing about here is the beginning of time and space. The beginning of, you know, because... When we read, like just like in Genesis, we read, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The what the beginning of what? Well, the beginning of time and space, because if there was no heavens, there was no earth, there wasn't uh, space, there wasn't, you know, the whole time-space continuum. With the with the creation of space, there's a creation of time. I love the way Kent Hovind. I know people have problems with him for other reasons and. Uh, especially the IRS, but uh, you know something that he said once that probably more than once, but I thought it was really succinct. Well, maybe not really succinct, but it sums things up. He says in the Genesis, you know, the first verse of Genesis, we have a trinity of trinities. In the beginning, uh, you know, that's time you know past present future god created the heavens that space that's height width and depth the heavens and the earth that's matter that's liquid gas and solid uh, so a trinity of trinities and they all have to be there at once because if you didn't have space then where would you put something and if you had if you had if you had space and matter but no time then when would you put it etc and so you know when you know 
scientists and cosmologists talk about the space-time continuum, it really is a thing. They, they go together. Um, so, so the beginning that John is talking about is the beginning. The beginning of, you know, time and space as we know it. So that which was from the beginning, not at the beginning, but from, came, was, you know, prior to, uh, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled. So what was, how was it something that was from the beginning, you know, time immemorial, back at the, you know, from the time of creation, or actually before is really kind of what the word is saying, not that which was at the beginning or beginning, but from the beginning came out, came through that, you know, through into, from somewhere else in their space and time. We have heard, we have seen with our eyes, we have looked upon our hands have handled. Well, John wasn't that old to be there at time of creation, but he explains, of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and manifested unto us. So, of course, he's talking about... Um, Did you just mute somebody? Mute somebody? I haven't... Okay, somebody else must have muted him. Yeah, I haven't... I, 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 hold, on. Hold, hold on just a second. <coughs> I can't get there from here. So, Jagger just... Dude 74 somebody in my chat room clearly muted you. It was not me or Bareface, just so you know, <laughs> because you used some bad words. What chat room? Periscope. Oh, no, I can't get there from here. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and, producer doesn't allow and, that kind of control. And, you know, hey, I'm not going to mute you. Obviously, somebody there did. Um, don't, you know, I mean, come on, show a little bit of respect, dude. Come on. Really? You're an adult, right? Do you really need that much attention? Did your mommy not give you enough growing up? Just question, just curious. It was a TR fun guy? Okay. I understand why you did it, and that's fine. I just want him to know I didn't do it. <laughs> But anyway, just, you know, inquisitive attacks on physics and what you're reading in the Bible. That's fine, but, you know, you don't have to be mean, you know, just whatever. Anyway, okay, back to Bareface. That would be him. Yeah. All right. So, so that which was from the beginning, we, John speaking of himself and the other apostles, disciples, uh, it says, we've, we've seen with our eyes, we looked upon, our hands handled, and that is, you know, the word of life. Now, the word of life, again, that is uh, something going back to this tradition of the Old Testament. You read in the prophets that the word of God came to so-and-so, and it's not like they got a scroll in the mail or something like that, you know, that the, uh, you got a telegram. You know, the word of God came to. Um, it was... Uh, a visitation, if you will, of the eternal God in some way. We read about the angel of the Lord, there's another way, or the word of God came to. And if you look at rabbinical literature, the idea is that the, the word of God is, is considered the same as God, because we look in the prophets, the word of God came to, you know, Jeremiah saying, I will you know so uh the word of god is personified it's the communication of god uh, well going back to genesis the word of god is the agent of creation god said let there be light and there was light etc 
So there's this long Hebrew tradition that the word of God is is the the agent of creation, the sort of personification of God, the same as God, yet distinct from God. And and if you read John's gospel, you know, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God, and, and all these things that are uh, what you'll find in rabbinic literature as well about the nature of God and his word. And later on goes to say there in, in, in his gospel, the gospel of John, that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And he's reiterating that there. Uh, speaking of Yeshua, speaking of Jesus, the word of life, the life was manifested uh, and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life, that uh, the life of Jesus, you know, the person of Jesus is, is eternal. It's not like, not just a human mortal person, but an eternal person, that eternal life, which was with the Father, you know, in the heavenly realms, and was manifested unto us. Again, the same thing he's talking about in his gospel. The word, that word of God, became flesh and dwelt among us. And and so, okay, so the, the word became flesh, dwelt among us. We, in, in personified, not just personified in the sense of the prophets the word of God came to, but personified in a person that they which said we've seen with our eyes we looked upon our hands have handled the words of life became you know flesh and blown um and he says okay now okay you've done that we've seen this so what's what's what about that you know what about that experience this is well that which we have seen and heard which we just talked about, we see with our eyes, we looked upon, our hands have handled, the word of life communicated with us, that which we've seen and heard, declare we unto you. And you, so this is plural, referring to a group, not a person. Uh, that ye also may have fellowship with us. Okay, we're telling you about this encounter we had with the word become flesh. Uh, the word of life, that eternal life, uh, we're declaring this experience to you, our experience with Jesus. Why? That you may also have fellowship with us. We want you to enter this experience because, and truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. Not that you might, you know, have a an emotional experience or you might have you know, you might be the in crowd or, you know, we can sit around and tell you about our experiences. No, this is, we're not just looking to tell a story or to share uh, an experience secondhand. We have this fellowship with the living God, with the Father, and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And Son, that's a whole nother discussion. Um, and you're going back to Isaiah chapter 9, for unto us the Son is born... Uh, you know, a son is given uh, that, uh, as John talked about in his gospel, that there was this spiritual, immaterial word that was with God and was God, but 
entered into time and space into humanity by taking on uh, human flesh, not born of a earthly father and mother, but born of a heavenly father. Go back, read Luke and, and Matthew about which was conceived in, in Miriam, Mary was of the Holy Spirit. Um, and so the son in, in, in that sense. Um, anyway, so he writes these things, their joy may be full. Again, not just having, uh, you know, a particular kind of experience. We have this fellowship. Uh, because of this encounter, we have this fellowship. And it's not just isolated to us because he was here and it's in space and time and walked the earth and we have this relationship with him for a you know, fixed period of time. But because he is that eternal life, he's ascended. This, this, this is an ongoing fellowship. It's not a memory. that Our fellowship is, not was, is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. And we want you to have be in that same fellowship, be in our fellowship, because our fellowship is with God. And we're writing these things to you um, that your joy may be full, that you may might be in this same relationship with God. Uh, that's not just an addition to your life. It's like an all-consuming thing. Your joy may be full. You know, the, the best thing you can think of or the thing that brings you joy, it's, it's beyond that. Your joy may be full, not bring you joy today or tomorrow, but, uh, you know, a, a lasting, abiding joy. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean party joy, but, you know, a, a soul-satisfying, fulfilling, um, unshakable um, delight and satisfaction, fulfillment. Anyway. Moving along, walking in the light. Then, this then, this then is the message. Okay, and that was from the beginning, the eternal life. We laid our hands on him, we saw him, we, we, did, we heard him, we, we walked and talked, we ate with this guy, okay? And our fellowship continues with him, with the Father and with his Son. We want you to be joy. Okay, well, John, John, tell us more, tell us more. Okay, okay this is the message. Okay, we, we had personal fellowship with, with God incarnate, with the Word became flesh. And we walked with Him for at least three years. And, and this is the message. Oh my goodness. Okay, here it comes. Here it comes. This is the message which we heard from Him and declare to you. Okay, this is oh you know amen. What's gonna what's my life gonna be like? Am I am I gonna get this job and get this marriage or you know, <laughs> you know or is this you know what's what's okay? What's God's message? What's the message you heard from Him? We want to know it. Okay, God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. It's like what? Say again? Come again? Wait 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 wait. You you had this great fellowship with the word become flesh god became flesh god incarnate you walked and talked and he taught you all of a sudden and this is the message god is light and in him is no, no darkness at all that sounds like one of these sort of eastern mysticism religions like oh, um that's the message and i remember originally reading this i thought that's it that's the message god is light and in him is no darkness at all but that is profound for everything 
that comes in a relationship with God, walking with him, talking with him, getting to know him, and and growing in faith and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, knowing that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Because people will say, well, how could a good God allow this to happen? Or if, if God is God, he's all power, why is this? So they're attributing to, you know, God some gray area. And, you know, the, the God of Islam is this deceiver, the grand deceiver. And he's kind of, um, you never know kind of where he stands. And, um, and gods that other religions have made in their image is is a god of of gray and and yet this is the message god is light and in him is no darkness at all um my sunday school teacher uh, tom a former pastor um great man of god great teacher He's fond of saying that the Bible is a book of what, not a book of why. And there are times that God tells us, you know, especially in the prophets, that because the people have done this or not done this, I'm allowing this or I'm, you know, um, sending these folks over here for, you know, for this judgment to take place. Um, For the most time, God makes promises, you know, these prophecies, he fills them, these things are coming. It doesn't say why, you know, well, why does God, is tells us what God has done and what God is doing, what God is going to do. Um, it doesn't give a psychological profile of God, you know. We learn things about him, and especially through Messiah, John chapter 14, Philip says, show us the Father, and it's, it's enough for us, it'll be sufficient. And Jesus, Yeshua says, have you been with me so long, Philip, and you've not known me? He has seen me. He who has seen me has seen the Father. So John, on this experience, they've, with this relationship with Jesus for these years, uh, handling, seeing, listening to the word of life, this is the message, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. It, you know, People want to put some, some sort of other motives on God or well maybe he's not all loving maybe he's not all powerful what about this what about that well we may not understand everything that happens in our lives or in the world or human history but if we can grasp this that God is light and in him is no darkness at all he may be an all-consuming fire. You know, he's the omnipotent, omniscient, um, omnipresent God. It's a, it's a, it's a scary thing to fall into the hands of. Uh, how did Jonathan Edwards, an angry God, for sinners to fall in? Sinners in the hands of an angry God. Yes. Yeah, but. Um, <clears throat> Yes, but everything, as far as, you know, what drives him, what his character is, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. And as we walk with God, when we have this fellowship, if our fellowship is with the Father, with his Son, Jesus Christ, it's important to know that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. We may not understand things that he does, uh, places where he's leading us to, 
Um, but it's important to know that he is light, and there is no darkness at all. There's no gray area. He's not... Whatever his reasonings are, his motives are pure. As the creator of heaven and earth, uh, the true and living God, everything about him is right. Um, so that's not just, um, that is the message. As they, as John and the other apostles, they walked with God incarnate. That is the message ultimately they heard. That God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And he wants, you know, their fellowship is with him and they want your joy to be full. They want you to have the same fellowship with the same God. And so, because God is light and in him is no darkness at all, verse 6, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. And do not the truth. Uh, that is, we don't, we're not doing what is truthful. Because if we're walking in darkness, now what does it mean to walk in darkness? Well, walking in darkness means to persist in a way that is either that gray area or <laughs> dark gray area. And, and just persist in that, well, this is, this doesn't matter. God winks at this, you know, because, no, God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. So, anything that is not light and pure and righteous and holy is not from God. Because he's light. He's, in him is no darkness at all. There is no gray area. There's no winking at this. There is no, um, there is no mostly holy or mostly perfect. Or God is holy, altogether holy and perfect and truth. There's no half-truth or white lies with God. It's it's all. All his promises are yes and amen. God is light and there's no darkness at all. So if if we're walking in darkness, that is not falling in darkness or stumbling in it, but walking in it. This is our path. I think of Psalms 1, you know, blessed is, you know, blessed is he who, you know, um, does not sit in the seat of the scoffers nor stand in the path of sinners, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. If your delight is in doing something that's unholy and and unrighteous, or is fudging the little or a little unethical or a little, then then and you say, "Oh, I'm I'm in fellowship with God." Well, <laughs> no, you're not, because that's that has nothing to do with God. God is light, and there's no darkness at all. If we're walking in darkness, we're lying. If we say we have fellowship with Him. And walk, we we lie. We're not we're not practicing the truth. Um, but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, that is, we are endeavoring to do what is holy and righteous and true. Can we do it perfectly? No, because then we wouldn't need a savior. But our habit is, you know, our practice is our walk, and we see that a lot in the King James about walking in a. Or our conversation is not talking about our speech or our physical, you know, sidewalk or path or walking. It talks about the habits of our lives, our nature, our continual practice. Um, so if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. That 
you with us because we're in because our fellowship is with the father and with his son and so if 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 we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another and the blood of jesus christ his son cleanses us from most sin no cleanses from all sin blood of jesus christ his son cleanses us from all sin if we are endeavoring to follow him that that's our habit uh then then his blood is sufficient to cleanse us from all sin. Verse 8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive him and we're getting away with something. No, <laughs> if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And it's just like walking walking in darkness and say we have fellowship. We lie. That's... that's and we're not lying to him, we're deceiving no one but ourselves. If we say we have no sin, like, it's like, well, wait a second, what is it? Are we supposed to be perfect, or do we have sin? Of course, we are sinners by nature. We are by nature sinners, children of wrath. The human heart is desperately wickedly, desperately wicked and deceitful above all else. Uh, Jeremiah tells us, well, God told Jeremiah, actually, uh, that that's who we are, that we are, by our human nature, sinners. We need a Savior. That's why we need the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, to cleanse us from all sin, uh, because there's plenty of it. But that's it, that that we recognize that we're sinners and need a Savior. If we say we have no sin, well, this, this isn't a big deal. Oh, the Bible supports homosexuality. Jonathan and David were gay, and God blessed it, and... Or it's it's perfectly all right to, you know, kill a baby in its mother's womb if it's unwanted, because that's the greater good, you know, rather than it growing up in a, and justify and rationalize all sorts of darkness, and and say it's no sin at all, then we're the only person being deceived is the only people being deceived is ourselves. Um, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Because that's not the nature of God. What is the nature of God? The nature of God is God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. So if we're walking in darkness, we say, oh, this isn't a sin, this isn't a big deal, whatever. We deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. So we have... I love the scripture. Whenever it says not to do something, basically, there's something to do. So the not, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. The flip side is that, whoops, didn't mean to do that. Um, the flip side of that is, verse 9, if we confess our sins, we recognize them for what they are. Not try to rationalize it, justify it, um, excuse it, or flat out say it's it's not only is it not bad enough, but it's not bad at all. It's actually a good thing. Um, we don't do that. We actually call it for what it is. Call sin, sin, whatever happened to sin. Say that it's sin. If we confess our sins, you know, to agree with God that this is sin, this is what it is. I love this. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from most unrighteous no from from all unrighteousness just like the blood of Jesus Christ his son his son cleanses us from 
all sin. If we confess our sins, he, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if we confess our sins, we call it what it is. I think of John chapter 9. Uh, when the Pharisees say to Jesus, are, are we also blind? And he says, well, because you say you, we have, because you say you, we see, you know, you have sin. Uh, but if, because you say you see, you're blind. But if you were blind, you know, you have no sin. I'm butchering it up. But basically the Pharisees were saying, well, this, you know, we have no sin. And, and we're enlightened and we're the Pharisees after all. You know, we've. And says your sin remains because you say you see you're actually blind. But if you were blind, you would have no sin that you didn't know. Um, you know you were aware of your of your weaknesses. Basically, if you're aware of your failures, if you're aware of your you know, based your sinfulness, then that's a different thing. Then we're talking a different relationship. But they weren't calling their sin sin. So if we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. I love this. He's faithful. If we confess, he's faithful. He'll forgive us. But he's also not just faithful to forgive our sins. He is just to forgive us our sins. How does that work? Because if I go into court of law, you know, I'm, I'm charged with something, misdemeanor, felony, doesn't matter, and the judge says, how do you plea? And I say, guilty. Then the judge says, oh, well, then you're free to go. There'll be no trial. There'll be, you know, we don't need to say anything. You recognize you're guilty. So, you, I mean, you admit it. You admit it. You know, guilty is charged. Free to go, right? Uh, no. Don't think that's the way it works. That's that, In the justice system, that's not the way justice is served. If I plead guilty, confessed to doing something then justice is carried out. It goes to trial and all that, and hopefully justice carried out, you know, trial by jury, all that. But it's not just to wipe it off the books and justice isn't served. So how is it that if we confess our sins, you know, to him, that we say to God, hey, you're right, sin is sin, and I'm guilty of it. He's faithful, but he's just to forgive our sins. How was justice served to forgive our guilty plea, our guilty confession? Well, it's just because the price has already been paid for. The, 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 you know, the sin is already paid for. The, the sentence has been already been served. Going back to the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Um, his blood has already been shed, and it's sufficient to cleanse from all sin. So if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, because his blood is an atonement for all our sins. Is his blood not sufficient for the unconfessed sin? Well, it's not even available. If, 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 if we don't even recognize it as sin, now when I say unconfessed sin, it's not like, oh, I didn't get a chance to go to a confessional booth or confess to a brother or my pastor, or even in prayer. Um, it's unconfessed sin. So I think when we talk about unconfessed sin, we're, we're saying it's sin that confess means con, come from Latin with, and say with, to basically 
yeah, to agree that this is sin. Um, unconfessed sin is sin that you're not agreeing is sin. That yeah, it's okay to do that. No, it's it's only this. It's only a little white lie. It's only this. It's only that. And oh, I'm justified. I'm you know to rationalize. Oh, I have an excuse for it. It's not really sin. That's unconfessed sin. Not recognizing it for what it is, and and trying to excuse it, justify it, pay for it yourself in some way. That's unconfessed sin. But if we confess our sins, call it for what it is, he's faithful and he's just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. No rap sheet, slate wiped clean, uh, because his blood is sufficient to cleanse from all sin. And we say, hey, this is sin. I confess it. He's faithful to forgive and cleanse and just to forgive. And verse 10 repeats this same idea of verse 8. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. That, you know, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. That was the reason that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. You know, the Lord himself, Yeshua, Jesus said, that he came to give his life uh, for sin, uh, for the forgiveness of sins. He had power to lay down his life, he had power to take it up. So that we go with many, many verses in the Gospels of what the Lord said he came to do. Just that, um, to take away sin, to be that once and for all sacrifice, that blood atonement for our sins. So if we say we've not sinned, the, you know, that this isn't sin, we've not sinned, we don't really need to save it, then, then we make him a liar. Then then his his sacrifice was insufficient or even not even necessary. Or and also we look at the word of God that says this is a sin, that's a sin, that's a sin, and we say, No, we haven't sinned. Ah, that's for then and whatever. I don't know. It's it's just not I'm off the hook. Well, we make him a liar. Either if it, either it's sin or it's not. God, if God says it's sin, it's sin. In His eyes, it's sin, and and we're sinners by nature, and that's why the Word became flesh, dwelt among us, shed His blood to cleanse us from all sin. And so, it's not only that we're not forgiven; we can't be forgiven for sin we don't confess. And again, confess means to recognize for what it is, say that it's sin. We can't be forgiven for sin that we don't even call it sin. We don't. We say, oh, it's, yeah, no big deal. This is perfectly fine. Perfectly fine in the eyes of God. Then, wow. So, God is not right. He calls that a sin, but it's really not. He's he's wrong about that. This is, I'm right, that I'm I'm me and God are good. We're tight because this is no big deal. I can do this. This this is completely in line with God's character, who's light, and there's no you know not no darkness in him at all. I can do this, and it's fine. <laughs> who's being deceived? You know, who's, God is not a liar. You make him a liar, saying, "Well, doesn't doesn't apply to me." Uh, his word is not in us, because his word calls it what it is. And Paul is keen to say that. That the law that we find in the Old Testament is our schoolmaster. Not that it's something we could live up to and live by, but to expose our sinfulness. 
And I love the example he gives in Romans. He says, I would have not known covetousness unless the law said, thou shalt not covet. That is, the other things we read in the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal. You know, those things are pretty obvious. Those are outward acts of sin. Those are sins of commission. But thou shalt not covet, um, number the last one in the list of the ten, the Decalogue, not covet that's an inward attitude i mean i i don't i don't necessarily i can't look at you and say you're coveting you're wanting something that belongs to somebody else um i you know that's an inward thing and it's not like oh there goes a coveter there goes a you know it's but the the word of god which is sharper than any two-edged sword roman or romans hebrews 4 12 and the idea is not that it two-edged sword is not that it cuts both ways that it comes to a point when you sharpen an edge a, a, a blade on both sides sharpens to a point and the, in fact the uh hebrews 4 12 talks about able to pierce that is like pinpoint accuracy dividing you know discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart not just outward acts of sin but sins on the inside. And Paul says, I would have not known covetousness, lest the law said, thou shalt not covet. It identified even this attitude in me that was uh, not godly, that was not light, but in fact, darkness. So his word illuminates us. It illuminates, James talks about, you know, the a man who looks into the, you know, word of God, the law of liberty, you know, and and doesn't do it, hears it, but doesn't do it. He's like a man who holding his natural face in a mirror and then immediately forgets what sort of man he was. Like going in there, it's like, oh, I've got this bot here and I got, oh, and I got this smudge of food here and then walks away and then totally forgets or I need to shave. And the, the word of God holds up a mirror to us and says, hey, this is what's going on. The thoughts and intentions of your heart, this is what's going on in your life. And if we go walk away, we hear it but don't do it, don't take any action on it, well then, you know, if we say we've not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. We may have heard it or seen it, but it's not in us because it's having no, it's bearing no fruit. It's, it's not having a result in us. So, all right. So that's John, First John chapter 1. And, um, and hence the title I put on this episode, No Darkness at All. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. And that that message that John relayed from having this walk, talk, eat, listen to, sit with Jesus, that message which she heard, that this is a paramount message, we want to get that across, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. That's a paramount thing he got from his time with Jesus. May that guide our lives. One, knowing that... When it comes to sin, call sin for what it is. Call it out in our own lives. Recognize it and confess it. Don't try to excuse it, escape it, rationalize it, or anything like that. Because if you want fellowship with God, you want to, you want your sins forgiven. You want to be cleansed from all unrighteousness. You've got to call sin sin. Because um, God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. You want fellowship with God? You can't walk in the darkness. You've got to be endeavoring to walk in the light. Secondly, when it comes to 
encouragement about what God calls you to do, not only just to confess, but things he might call you to serve in or or do for the kingdom. Like, well, what what is his motive? Is he, does God hate me? Is he going to put me out here just to... <laughs> no, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. You know, instead of, well, why would God allow this? Why would God do... Know that his motives are pure. There's no darkness in him at all, whatsoever. Uh, he's not the grand deceiver or anything like that. There's no, there's no even pale gray areas. Uh, everything about God is holy and righteous and um, altogether, you know, transcendent. And so, anyway, hopefully getting that message that God is light in him is no darkness at all will uh, we'll, uh, have an impact on our lives and we will govern our actions accordingly. Yeah. There you go, people. Isn't he great? God is great. Yeah, he is. God is great. Yeah, he is. So, uh, okay. So there you go. Did you guys enjoy it? Hi, Mama Gina. Nice to see you in there, too. I know you came a little while ago, but you know how bare faces can't get them to be quiet for very long, can you? Mm -hmm. Especially with a Bible in his hand. <laughs> All right. You guys have any questions or comments before we wrap this up with a bow and close the show? Let's see here. So, oh, there did there was a couple other comments that came in. I don't know if Jagger Dude is still here, but he said, it's just your imagination, total and complete BS. What? I don't know. Uh, it was quite a while ago. And Sean said, Amen. Uh, let's see. I don't know if anybody else has said anything. You're working. Okay, good. All right. Awesome. All right. Well, um, let's see. Friday, we will be back, Lord willing, with another show okay you get and it i did diane says great teaching so i want to um just remind you guys you know and i'm just sharing this i have a friend her name's tina and her husband was uh taking the lights off their house uh, a couple days ago christmas lights christmas lights yeah and anyway, her husband fell off the roof and hurt his back pretty bad. His knee, I think it was, and face. his face. Yeah. Needless to say, um, I don't think she or he thought that they were going to come into 2020 um, dealing with a medical issue like that, you know. This is why I don't like bareface on my roof. Even in California, I didn't like that. Um, I don't get on this roof. Yeah, I know. I'm glad. Um, but anyway, I bring that up because I just want to remind you um, of the Legal Shield service that I offer. Um, because if you guys don't have your wills done yet, you really need to get those done. Um, if some of you are looking for extra income and you want some personal development training and you're willing to actually put the work in and do, do the work that it requires, uh, I'm looking to build my team this year. Definitely want to add to my team. 
um, and, and all that. And I want to let you know that, um, you know, that if you do that, if you're interested, then get in touch with me. Um, during this, during the week, I am going to be offering, I'm going to be starting a, uh, I think it's going to be a weekly Zoom. I haven't figured out what time or day yet, but it will be a personal development Zoom meeting. It will be available on Zoom, uh, sponsored by Ladies of Justice. Uh, it will be a short, probably, I'm thinking 30 minutes, depending on the time, <laughs> maybe an hour at the high end. Um, so that we can get, you know, we can help build you as a person and deal with, you know, personal development issues, leadership skills, you know, confidence building, things like that. Um, that will be sponsored by Ladies of Justice. And just want to let you know that, um, you know, I will be hopefully delivering that info to you more as well. Um, I want to encourage you, if you have not got identity, identity theft protection yet, consider what we have. Um, because it's a lot more than credit card info, which is what most people think of when they think of identity theft. Medical ID identity theft is rampant. And um, I'm thinking about my friend right here um, who, you know, who's in a situation that, uh, thank God I'm not in it. I mean, I don't want to be in that situation. Um, but, you know, everyday life events happen, you know, and... I'm trying to help educate people about the value of learning to use an attorney and the services that we offer in order to protect yourself. So, uh, so if you want more info about that, please let me know and you can contact me. Most of you have info. You can contact me, uh, through that and, um, you know, I will be in touch. Okay. So, uh, TR fun guy, can you just email that info to Randall through our website? That way I can't, I can't copy it through Periscope. But if you go ahead and you just send an email through our website over at BibleNewsRadio.com. The contact then, page or whatever. Yeah, then he'll be able to look to get it. Okay. Um, all right. So have a good night, everybody. Uh, we'll be back, Lord willing, on Friday. And remember, as I always say, be bold, stand up, and go with God, people. Because he loves you. Bye.